Hey. Hello and welcome back to the Tickle the Torn podcast. I'm your host, Brooks Oman. Um, checking back in um, post-finals. Um, uh, just to get the uh, kind of episode started, I wanted to address, you know, um, since the uh, rapid reaction lottery mock draft that I did um, the night of the NBA draft lottery, I have kind of haven't had any pod, pods come out since then, you know. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, life just, uh, almost like the Jurassic Park quote, life finds a way. Life just kind of gets in the way. Um, you know, I, I had a couple things happen, you know, got to move, got to do stuff like that. And, um, just haven't had the time to, to get in and, uh, get a good, good pod, uh, recorded. You know, I like to go in depth with research and make sure I'm, I'm primed and ready to go. And everything I'm putting out is, is the best and I'm not making mistakes and I'm, and I'm up to date on everything. And, you know, when you don't have time to kind of put in the background research and prepare i don't just want to kind of hop on the pod and do something lazy or sloppy and so that's kind of why we have we've had a uh, a little bit of a break here for a couple weeks but you know we're back at it um the finals uh like i said uh, i kind of um as i kind of predicted at the start of the playoffs i thought the playoffs were pretty exciting all the way up until the finals and then the finals were kind of like a little bit of a letdown um but i saw that coming um uh today on the pod i'm going to kind of go over the finals wrap up and then just talk about some other storylines that are happening but um, I certainly enjoyed um, both the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. It's uh, crazy that they both both came down to the Game Seven. And the losing team on both on both sides um, just had their kind of shooting fail them, and that you know if their shooting had hadn't failed as it did, we could have seen a completely different Finals. You know, um, we could have seen Houston in there. We could have even seen Boston in there. So it would have been would have been interesting um, if if it hadn't played out the way it did, just because we got a sweep. Um, uh, I I do think the one thing that we got out of the Finals that was good is uh, the best team uh, won the finals, which, you know, from a, if you're a purist to the, to the nth degree and you just want uh, the best team to always win out, then, I, then you have to be happy with the results. But, you know, would have liked it to be a little bit more competitive. I think uh, had game one gone a little bit different, we might have had a uh, completely different series. Uh, it probably would have played out. Um, not quite how it did. Um, if the Cavs come out of Game One with a victory, then it's not sure how the how the rest of the finals goes. But it, it's definitely not a sweep, that's for certain. And I think it'll probably actually go six or seven, just because the momentum behind that win. You could definitely tell um, Game Two when the Cavs came out. Game Two, um, they were definitely defeated after the Game One loss. And I, I think a kind of similar thing happened in Game Four, where after a tough Game Three, where the Cavs were in it the entire way, and then the Warriors kind of just stole it at the end on on, on Kevin Durant's superior play. Um, uh, they just kind of looked slightly, uh, not as, just not as much there in game four as they had been, as they had been in game three or even game one. And so that kind of has this like snowball effect. Um, it's definitely something that I've, I've experienced, um, a little bit, uh, in my time around basketball is, um, certain games, depending on how the the game before went or kind of the circumstances surrounding the game, the emotions and all that stuff, you can easily just kind of get caught up, um. And either have a down, it can spiral downwards on you or it can spiral upwards. Um, you know, Auburn, um, my junior year, we had a famous time of it kind of spiraling upwards. You know, we, we were in the we were in the first four that had to begin play on, on the SEC tournament on Wednesday. And, you know, we had a big win Wednesday and then a big win Thursday and then a big win Friday. And just the momentum of each and just the, the determination and grit of our, our senior leaders, especially KT Harrell. Um, Harrell, my bad, um, just kind of drove us to the next round each time. And you could definitely tell that just kind of everyone, role guys were chipping in and having huge games. Um, and it was all just part of this energy that was building. And we, we fought all the way to the all the way to Saturday. Um, and then, you know, we, we, we met the bus off Kentucky. But the, the point is, is it's kind of like, I think, an, the opposite of what happened to the Cavs in, in a lot of the finals games, whereas, you know, they took heavy like losses that just kind of stung to the core. 
and that kind of pushed them pushed them down a little bit um, and made it harder to compete um, as much the next time around as they just had and so um, the, the effect of um, it's like the, the effect of momentum and the effect of energy while wow. those are one of the things that like analytics and I love analytics and analytics will tell you well momentum and energy it doesn't make a difference you know that's there you can't really quantify that and so the idea is that is it doesn't exist and this is why you have to kind of combine that when you think about it is while yes um, statistically when you look at it technically stuff like momentum doesn't really exist there's no the hot hand can kind of be a type of fallacy if you if you go into the numbers about it but in reality there is this feeling um, especially if you've played basketball you get this feeling the the heat check, the hot hand feeling, the momentum, the energy feeling, you know, that, that it, it can kind of distribute throughout your team and y'all pick up your level of play um, when one guy gets going or everyone's and is picking everyone up. And so I think that's that's an important thing. And I, I think we just kind of saw the, the negative of how that can work against you. Uh, the Cavs have kind of, we, at different times during the playoffs, we saw, you know, particular, them have particularly bad games. And just about every series, they had a game where they just kind of got blown out the water, other than the Raptor series. And in those games, you could kind of see the infighting, and they, they, they didn't click all the time, and that, you know, if this was done by a, a team that was just on par, such superiorly talented, and it just made it so hard for them to, to claw back into the game, then we could see them kind of crumble a little bit. And we, we definitely saw a little bit of that in the finals, but um, they still, you know, they still got there. They, they had an impressive season, a great season, and um, just uh, it's hard when you, when you go to the finals four straight times, and every single time you you face a historically uh good team in, in the warriors and so um kind of want to spend a, a good amount of time in the finals wrap up talking about the warriors and kind of what this what this uh, means for their legacy uh you know it's it's pretty impressive when you talk about um for when they went to the finals four straight times them the Cavs. it's it, that's impressive on its own but they win three championships in four years um the warriors actually had um the best four-year run when it comes to win percentage in the regular season and playoffs separately in history, um, which is incredible to think about it when you when you think about some of the amazing teams that have done that, um, especially someone like you know uh, like the '60s Celtics that went to so many finals in a row, and you know we're talking about the '80s Lakers, the '90s Bulls, the '80s Celtics, the early 2000s Lakers, like these these legendary groups of legendary teams that just when they got it all together they just kind of dominated for these periods of time and you know we have to um, after this performance just kind of talk about the Warriors on the same level. Um, as that because I don't think it's fair to them to uh, kind of not talk about them in that way just because of how impressive this this run has been and so some people will say well you know um, kind of different they lost one in the middle it's not a technical three-peat that kind of stuff but hey they could they could make it a three-peat next year and make it four and five in which case um, that's pretty impressive I mean they're already they're three and four which is technically exactly what the 2000 Lakers did they just did theirs three in a row and then lost the fourth to the Pistons I don't know yes well, not, they lost to the Pistons in 04 in 2003. They did play. The, the Spurs did beat them and get there. But, you know, they won three um, three year, three straight. But, you know, similar kind of puts them in a, in, a, in a, and you have to talk about them in the same realm as them, you know, kind of similar time frame as uh, they've now won the same amount of titles in, the, in, a, in a smaller time frame than the 80 Celtics did. So I think you, you definitely push them above the 80s Celtics when you when you have to talk about that. And they have to be on par with the 80s Lakers and the 90s Bulls, in my opinion. Um, this is a team that's just kind of put it all together for four straight years. Um, and just and if some some crazy stuff doesn't happen in 2016, they could have four in a row, you know. I mean, obviously, if you get into that, you get into some what-ifs about, well, does Kevin Durant come? All that, on, all that nonsense. But 
it is worth mentioning that they've won three in four years. They would have won the fourth if not for not for a um, not for I, in my opinion if not for Draymond getting suspended for game five on what um, if you've listened to the road tripping podcast with uh, Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry, I think they had a Harrison Barnes on a couple months ago and. They all kind of admitted that that play um, that got Draymond Green suspended, um, there was actually no contact made on that play. So it's interesting that um, a play that ended up having no contact um, go on between the two players involved led to a suspension that, in my opinion, and, and, and shifted um, the final, who won the finals that year and, and, and made and had major ripples for the majority of the league. So it's pretty crazy to think about it that way. But to kind of expand the Warriors, I mean, a lot of, the pieces that have been coming out since they won have been like, how long can they keep this going? What are they going to look like down the road? Um, I think famously one of the one of the I think the one of the more surprising takes I've seen is that uh, the guys on the Dunked On podcast um, with Nate Duncan and Daniel Lurie kind of seem to they're they're kind of edging towards oh this is probably the end of it for the Warriors and they they would actually take the field next year um, rather than the Warriors this year and which um, you know if you look at kind of where they struggle this year you know it kind of at times it looked like they had their four stars and then the re- their the rest of their supporting cast was kind of meh. Um, and, and left a little bit to be desired, but I think um, when you think about that, you have to you also have to take into account that they probably noticed that too. They probably saw that. You know, when you look down the roster, they have a ton of centers. You know, Kevon Looney, Damian Jones, Jordan Bell, Zaza Pachulia, David West, Javel McGee. I mean, for all intents and purposes, that's six centers, um, which is the, the most in the league. And for a team that likes to play small when they can, um, that doesn't seem to to make sense. And I think we'll definitely see changes in that. You know, three of their bigs, Pachulia, West, and McGee, are going to be unrestricted free agents this year. Um, they declined Kevon Looney's option, so he's technically a free agent this year. Um, and then Quinn Cook, or and then Jordan Bell and Damian Jones. Damian Jones has next year, and then a team option the year after that. Jordan Bell just has one more year, so I, so you could definitely see the Warriors get creative if they want to let a couple of those guys go and even renounce their cap rights in order to you know kind of beef up beef up on the wing. Maybe may, you know uh, hopefully we see Patrick McCall um, come back from injury and kind of start progressing like we saw how well he was playing in the 2017 Finals, and he just didn't really build on that um, this year. And hopefully built on that. But I think you'll definitely see, you know, they're going to keep their core together. Kevin Durant's already announced his intention to resign. And so, you know, they will, they will almost certainly, we'll almost certainly see KD, Steph, Clay, Draymond, Iguodala, and Livingston next year. And then the rest of that roster is going to have to, I think they're going to take a nice hard look at how they were challenged this season, whether it was be, whether it was by the Houston or when other teams like the Spurs and the Pelicans could find, find a way to kind of get an opening and score on them, you know, how they were challenged and what they need to improve to make sure that, um, they have some they have bench depth that you know they 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 have young guys that they're bringing along they've got guys who can come in and contribute consistently and do what they have to do you know and when they need to throw out lineups where you know just one of their studs is out there they can they can surround that stud with shooting which at times this year um they didn't have as much shooting around those guys um especially with Iguodala and Livingston probably going to take another step back and Livingston has never been a three-point shooter and Iguodala's uh, very inconsistent there so if those guys are going to be key pieces then you know you need some shooters around them and so they will they will definitely be looking to be beef up their supporting cast in the offseason and I expect them to probably do a pretty good job of it and just be in the driver's seat next year. I mean, uh, you know, that definitely looked like Houston had them on the ropes and would likely have beat them in game six or seven if Chris Paul had been had not injured himself. And so they do. They, they also have to take that into account. But if they can they can put it back together, you know, do something similar this year where they kind of t- they take it, um, take their time and, and, and don't push too hard in the regular season, save their energy for the playoffs next year. You know, we could be looking at the Warriors four and five um, and that would be pretty incredible um 
one controversial kind of part of the finals win was the the finals mvp award katie won it and i think um uh, and that was kind of controversial, him getting it over Steph. A lot of people wanted Steph to get it. A lot of people feel like Steph should have gotten it in 2015, and that, uh, that Iguodala getting it for his defense on LeBron um, was kind of like a, a cheap a cheap thing. But, you know, I think, you, you know, you never can really tell what Finals MVP means. It, it apparently means a ton um, to each person differently and how individual awards affects, affects a team structure as a whole. But uh, I think I think Steph's going to have another chance, and I think he, you can clearly tell he wants it. You know, he came out firing in game game four to try and earn it, and he, he had a huge game because of it. And it looks like just because he had a weaker, he had a pretty bad, like a historically bad game three for him, while Kevin Durant went was ex- historically great in game three, kind of is why it, it turned out the way the way it did. But he's going to continue to chase it. But I would not see that as something that's that that has to latch onto for them to. That could break up or lead to some lead to some bad stuff behind the scenes. Um, although there was uh, apparently David West had some comments post their win that there was some stuff behind the scenes that went down, and it was a testament to the team that it didn't came come out and that they were able to keep the team together despite it. So it'll be interesting to see if we figure out what that is um, as the months go on and we we, we enter the off season. As for the Cavs. Um, LeBron just just an all time effort by him throughout the playoffs. I didn't really get to talk about him throughout the playoffs, but just kind of the load he he shouldered and and you know finally figuring out a way to play forty eight minutes in a game or, or at least twenty four minutes and a half and spacing those out so that they they get as much of him as he needs to. It is really absolutely incredible what he was able to do all all playoffs and then even what he was able to do in the finals being just historically great in the finals despite it looks like um, giving himself a, a pretty bad contusion on his shooting hand his right hand after following the game game one loss and with that in mind it makes you know what he was able to do even more impressive and you know the the way he's played this this playoffs has just kind of kind of pushed us to the edge where, where it comes with the where the LeBron versus Jordan conversation is just kind of reached a fever pitch and I think um it's it's hard to opine on these things, but I think I think where I came down, and I think um, Steve Kerr kind of kind of summarized it in him, himself. He said these are the two best best players he's ever seen, um, and they're both right there together. But he wasn't going to rank them, and I, I'm, I'm kind of on a, of a similar mind where I think um, these these guys are clearly the two best players, and honestly, there's so much of it. You could make an argument for either one to the point where it doesn't even matter what order they're in. These are the two best players ever. I think um, if you if you need to nitpick and choose one, then you have to choose one, and you have to have solid reasons for choosing one. But I think I think what we need to get away from is the arguments and the guys that are just like, oh, there'll never be someone better than Jordan, or oh, LeBron's definitely better than him, and there's no argument the other way. Like, when you start getting into the absolutes and a lot of like the the media types um, who talk about Jordan so affectionately get into that absolute of oh well there's just there'll just never be anyone better than Jordan so it's not even worth having a conversation or it's disrespectful to him to even have a conversation when when you when you when you kind of put yourself in that box you're just kind of admitting that you you, you almost don't even watch basketball for the joy of it and to see who's the best and any and, and even to compare players or you don't even want to talk about that you just want to watch the game to see how all these people try to be good but at the end of the day they have no chance of ever being good enough for you and, and you're just putting you're, you're putting um unsafe unrealistic boundaries on something like jordan is an it has been was amazing like i obviously was too young to see him live and stuff like that and i've seen highlights and i've read books and i, I kind of understand who he was and how he was and, and his greatness but 
the idea that you can just grab one person and just be like, well, there's never be anyone better than him. Then we get in this situation where we just have a bunch of people who are just going to argue for the guy that they, they watched. Because then everyone who was alive watching wrestling would be like, oh, no one will ever be better than Russell. And then all the guys who watch Kareem, no one will ever be better than Kareem. And then all the guys that watch Magic or Bird, no one will ever be better than the one that they prefer. And, and then obviously there's going to be people who come later who could be just as good or better. You know, there might not be, there might be one every 20 years and we might not see another guy who comes close to Jordan or LeBron for a while. And we probably won't. But the idea that that's, that can never come or that's never out there is it, it, foolish. And it's something like we only, I feel like it's something that we only really do in basketball. Like you don't ever hear someone out there saying like, oh, well, there'll never be another swimmer like Michael Phelps or they'll. There'll never be another baseball player like Babe Ruth, or there'll never be another football player like Joe Montana or something like that. This isn't a consistent thing. It's like a basketball-only issue, and and, and I think that's that's one area where we can improve everyone. Everyone, you know, people just kind of latch on and just decide that this is the only way it can be, where that's just... It just it, it gets you in this this pace where your your opinion and your thought process is already biased because you've just made this unrealistic thing in your head. It's like, you know, I grew up loving Dwayne Wade and he's my favorite player, but that doesn't mean when I watch basketball, I'm like, well, I will never like any of these guys as much as I like Dwayne Wade. So it's not even not even worth it to even think that one might be someone I like or comparable or anything like that. You know, that that would just take the fun out of everything. Or, and and you you kind of have to learn to let go and, and just be like, well, you know what, I'm going to watch it for for what happens and see who's great and see who isn't great. And then we'll, we'll, we'll see how it plays out because it's going to play itself out out well. And I think that's a that's a key when it comes to the argument. And like I said, I think I think they're both one, two. Um, if you put a gun to my set and who said, who would you have one? I would probably have LeBron one, but it doesn't really make a difference. They're never going to be able to, we're never going to see them play against each other. We're never going to be able to see their teams play against each other. Comparing between the errors is virtually impossible. Um, I think the only way that you could compare, and this is a, this is a new way that I've kind of thought about it. It's like, if you want to try and compare errors, the only way you can do it is don't say, I don't think, cause it's not possible to say, Oh, what would have LeBron been in the nineties? And what would have Jordan been now? I think what you have to say is, if LeBron did what he's doing now, but he started the same time Jordan started his career, and Jordan's career, Jordan had the same career he did, but he started the same time as LeBron. Like you, you, you take all their accolades and accomplishments and just transition them to that time period. Then say, how do you think they'd be remembered? And and I think that's a good test because I think if you flipped them, then we be then all these media heads that are talking about there's never be anyone better than Jordan would be saying there's never there'll never be anyone better than LeBron. If you flipped them, and then and then we'd have these new line, new people like my age people, they'd be like, well, of course Jordan can compete with LeBron, and so and so that that that's that's the that's why I think they're basically interchangeable because if you if you do that test, then you kind of arrive at a, at a, the exact situation we're at now where just the names are reversed. So, um, but I think um, I think LeBron just absolutely incredible, and you know, for the longest time, especially as as someone who you know he he was in the Cavs, he came to the team that I root for, the Heat, and then he left. You could it was easy for me to fall in, especially the first year after he left. Be like, oh, I hate LeBron. Why did he leave? Like Miami was so good. Why would he just leave? And and then you kind of tend to drift towards hatred. And I think I think that's that's the wrong way. And it's and it and you know it's such a natural feeling that you that I have to kind of stop myself and be like, you know what, LeBron's amazing, and I have to just 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 enjoy and, and and live in and just and just cherish the the fact that I've been I've been alive and in kind of my, my prime to be able to watch him and watch how good he is because you know it's it's not something that's going to last forever and you know we probably 
uh, might get five or six more years of it at some level, but you have to you just kind of cherish and really enjoy every moment that we get of him. And part of that is going to be the fact that we're going to see this saga that's going to play out for the next next you know three weeks until July first. Where's LeBron going? We're going to get we're going to get that whole thing again, which is it, it, it'll be annoying by the end of it, but it's going to be exciting and it's just NBA Twitter at peak we're going to get people tracking plane tail numbers and, and social media likes and follows and unfollows and, and and all that stuff and you know it's it's kind of the uh the neuroses of the nba just nba twitter sphere just taking over and it's it's going to make it for exciting i definitely think we're going to see rumors we've already seen you know people like the ringer the ringer which is you know as much as i love it almost like a boston 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 based fan fan blog at times talking about how lebron could could, could go to boston because he could make that work you know he, he could find a way to make houston work uh, larry coon the famous capologist was even even uh went on a pretty pretty brilliant twitter spree the other day talking about how it's possible for him to go to houston not not saying that that's what's going to happen but that what that's what could happen um we could also see, you know, I could see him go to either LA team, and I, I think actually you know, the Clippers might have just as good, if not a better chance, just because of all the Lonzo Lavar drama, and LeBron might not want to deal with him at, at his age. But you know, I think I think it's it's important to take him um, seriously when he says that his family is going to be a big part of the decision. I think he's going to take that into account where he wants his boys to kind of grow up, where he wants his daughter to grow up, and and kind of where he wants to plan out the next the the next stage of his career not just basketball but post basketball and where he's gonna think it's all gonna go the best for him um and 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 he's he's clearly cognizant of narratives and stuff like that and that'll probably be in his thinking too but i'm excited to see how it all plays out it's definitely gonna be an an, an interesting month and you know free agency and the draft are, are two of my favorite times of the league um that that is along with the, like the start of the start of the regular season and almost uh, i i do really enjoy summer league as well and so um all of that stuff is exciting, and it's going to be a good time uh, this next couple of months. Even though there's no basketball on, other than WNBA, which if you don't watch that, you got to check into it. If you're a basketball, if you love basketball as much as as much as someone like me does, you just love the NBA. Go watch the WNBA. It's it, it's just it's amazing. It's same same competitive fire, same everything. There's no difference, no difference other than the, the athletes that are on the floor. You know, in the NBA, we got the NBA athletes. We get LeBron. We got you know those guys but you know we got lebron um we got steph we got katie but you know you turn on the WNBA, we got diana tarasi um we got uh candace parker we got brianna stewart you know it's the same caliber it's it's great and so um if you if you were like me that once all the basketball is gone you kind of having basketball withdrawals um there is basketball there and it, it, it is definitely good basketball it's not it's not like a step down we're not like watching d3 or or it's not like going to your going to your gym and watching basketball it's watching professional basketball and it's it's great um but moving on one other thing i wanted to talk about was uh the colangelo story in philly which is kind of absolute insanity and one of the things that i miss um i've missed not being able to cover just with without being able to get pods out is just this absolute craziness so you know um the uh Tuesday before the final started, the uh, Ringer uh, put out this large piece about how deep investigation into these five Twitter accounts and um, just kind of they were parroting. They seem to be all doing the similar thing where they're defending choices by the Colangelos and defending uh, Jer- defending Colangelo kind of kind of left and right. And so, you know, they put out this piece about how they, they figured it out. They did some research, kind of linked all their activity together. And then when they told the Sixers about it, a bunch of these uh, accounts were turned off. And and uh, or went on private, and and that that kind of stirs with suspicion, and so this comes out, um, and then there's immediately an investigation that's made, and it comes out that 
at least Colangelo says that it was his wife that was operating all these accounts um, and that you know he wasn't reckless he claims he wasn't reckless with information she was just she was being reckless and all this stuff so absolute total craziness um, I think I think the resulting of this and the fact that it took the Sixers more than a week to fire him I think that was kind of bad for them it's, it's kind of like the Sixers they were kind of given the situation where well it's a very complex situation there's there's one very easy answer to that situation it's to let him go um, he you know when something like this happens you lose the trust when this came out on that Tuesday night you have Joel Embiid live tweeting about it so you've got your best player being like oh this is bad if it's true and so the easy thing is to just cut bait and get rid of him. And it's good that the Sixers finally did that, but it, it took them longer than you would have hoped, um, than you would have expected. And, and given that, it, it kind of soured some of the goodwill that they've earned, they earned through this last year, especially with Colangelo's dad, the elder Colangelo, apparently making threats behind the scenes about firing him, which puts them in a position where if I'm, if I'm the 76ers ownership, you gotta you got to cut bait with both of them and just get them out of there because... It's at a point where they're gonna, where the the, the elder Kalanchu is gonna kind of poison the well, and that's something you don't want happening long term. Um, and you want to be able to have some, be able to like rebuild the trust with your players, rebuild the trust with other GMs, because some of this information had to do with trades, and then no one wants to talk to you trade wise because they're worried this stuff is gonna leak, and it gets, it can get very sticky very quick. Um, and I also, I, I think I've followed myself in the camp that I'll. Despite uh, Colangelo's statement, I'm a little suspicious. You know, he went with the whole deny, 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 and then and, and shift blame to someone who's willing to take a, take the blame because so it, it so the because I, I I tend to think that the way he worded his statement and everything that went down, I think they were him and his wife made a decision that she was going to take ownership for doing all this, even if he did it because I don't think you talk about your wife the way he did unless you're on the same page with her about this is what's going to happen because. Um, if you're not on the same page on that and this, this isn't a coordinated plan you've cooked up, then it's a pretty scathing statement talking about how she was acting recklessly and it was unacceptable and stuff. And, you know, you're, you're fraying some other edges, burning some bridges there if, that, if that's the way you want to come out. So I, th- I think there might be more to the story, but it's, it's good that the Sixers um, ha- have moved on from him and, and they're, they're kind of starting the process of rebuilding the, the trust, like I said, that they will need to with their teams, with their players and the other teams. And... Uh, the look to hire a new GM with the draft, you know, the draft is now less than two weeks away and, and they need to make a decision quick. And obviously uh, a lot of people are clamoring. David Griffin seems to be the, the right choice. He's got, he's got a history handering star, star players in LeBron. He knows how to build a team. Um, he's been, he, he's experienced. He, he's right on the edge of basketball, ready to get into it. So I think, I think if they move quickly, that would probably be where they go if they, if there's a hire quickly, but it could very well drag out the process, but I don't think that would be the best idea with the draft. Despite how good their their past season one is, every draft is a big draft, and they they have they have a top ten pick that they need to hit on um, to add some talent to what they've already gotten to continue to build their team to compete better. And then they can all they also have have the space to make moves in free agency, and uh, they they can't um, they can't afford to not have a solid off season this year. That'll about do it uh, for this episode. Like I said, I wanted to get a quick check-in, do a finals wrap-up, talk about this Colangelo story and the craziness, and just kind of set set the primer for what's gonna what's gonna come. And so that's what I'm gonna talk about here in the outro. Um, I'm super excited about what we've got on tap here at Tickle the Twine. Um, next week we're gonna be doing a full um, right now tentative talks, probably just a full first round mock draft for the NBA draft a couple days before it happens going picks one through 30 i've got we had cj holmes on to do the rapid reactions to the lottery he's going to come back i've got two other guys 
um, two other NBA junkies with me um, that are going to come come on with me, and we're gonna we're gonna go it down. We're all we're gonna break up the teams, um, and we're just gonna go pick by pick, talk talk, and do do a lot of you know where who we think should be drafted, who fits best, what teams should do, and just kind of get really deep into it. Um, we're currently building our, our our own draft guide and our team by team guide so that we. We can all we're all working off some good information, doing some research, and I do have um, you know comment comment on this video, comment on this post. Uh, hit me up on Twitter um, if you want to see our and what what ends up being our final draft materials uh, released in a, in a way for you to peruse, whether it be the day of the draft or post the podcast or even before the you know so that you can look at it while listening or you can at least you can at least get your own um information i've got it's, it's going to be chock full of information strengths weaknesses base information for all the prospects you know talking about comparisons comps links to links to any good videos to watch on each player that kind of stuff plus also uh team by team breakdown where they're looking at cap wise and stuff like that just what their roster looks like currently so we kind of understand the strengths and weaknesses but um, I'm really excited about the draft guide we're putting together, and I think this podcast is going to be great. It's probably going to be a longer one. We're going to get really into it. All all the guys that are going to be on, you know, you heard if you if you're a listener, uh, you you heard how the me and CJ went at it um, about the mock draft lottery, which you know we had some we had some interesting takes there, and I'm sure um, we should we'll get some some deserved flack for that. But it's going to be even bigger, even better for the full first round mock draft. Really excited about it, and it's another thing that you don't want to miss coming soon. And then. Once we transition on from the draft, we'll probably do a draft wrap up, and and, and move on to free agency. Um, and free agency will be exciting. That's a little bit harder to do, kind of a mock free agency, but it's, it'll definitely be something that we think about and look at. If if that if not that, then we just kind of break down moves as they happen. You know, maybe do some do some more often pods, or at least not once a week, or they'll they'll come out on days other than Sundays as they usually come out, so that we can talk. You know, how big moves of the day. You know, especially because. Um, just the way the schedule the schedule of the week plays out and you know July 1st is on a is on a is on a Sunday but second third fourth um, like we said last year we saw some big moves happen on July 4th and so there might need to be stuff happens on the fourth or the fifth or something and just kind of go for there but whatever it means is you know sorry about the break to the twins back we're ramping up for the offseason we're gonna have a bunch of draft coverage a bunch of free agency stuff you know might have some summer league stuff because i don't know about you but once i start diving in to prepare and understand um how the draft's gonna go it just makes me really excited about all the young guys that are coming in and the, and the differences they can make whether you know rookies don't usually make an immediate difference but seeing see these, this new influx of talent seeing how they get to play seeing them at summer league just kind of see these guys you know kind of earn their way into the league which i always think think is super cool and something that i just really one of the things I enjoy most about the league is just seeing the young guys on a yearly basis just fight their way into the league and having you know immediate impacts like Donovan Mitchell or finding their roles or surprise guys like Kyle Kuzma, whatever it is, it makes for it's part of the reason why the NBA and basketball is just the best. So um, keep tuning in, rate review on on iTunes, um, catch us on SoundCloud, tune in, and uh, I'll talk to you guys next week um, with a couple buddies and a, a big draft draft uh, mock draft uh, coming your way. See ya.